Hello and welcome to the ISBA BursaCast podcast. If you're new to the podcast, then this is the podcast that brings you the very latest on operational and regulatory issues impacting independent schools every single week. If you are a regular listener, then welcome back. Today's episode is a relatively short one, and we're going to be hearing from David Woodgate, ISPA CEO, on some of his thoughts from earlier on today when I saw him at a regional meeting, along with a few other excerpts from webinars that we've had this week that I think are worth diving into. But before we get to David, let's start off with the latest updates, and that is that there has been an update with Kixie. This is updated on the 6th of June noting that the 2022 version of the guidance is currently in force. The 2023 version will come into force on the 1st of September 2023. The major changes are an updated link to behaviour in schools guidance, new text added to raise awareness of the existing expectation for relevant staff to understand filtering and monitoring, new text added to make clear staff training should include understanding roles and responsibilities in relation to filtering and monitoring. Updated to reference keeping children safe in out-of-school settings, clarification provided on the difference between children missing education and children absent from education, additional signposts to specialist organisations for children with special educational needs and disabilities, and finally, clarification that it is good practice for schools to inform shortlisted candidates that online searches will be carried out. The next topic of discussion is that the ISBA will once again hold its AGM virtually this year. In accordance with current rules, two members of the board must be physically present at the venue with members providing proxy votes and attending via a video link. Accordingly, members of the board will be present physically at Twyford School, Twyford Winchester, and other members are invited to attend remotely. ISBA's articles provide that the quorum for general meetings is 50 members present by their authorised representative or by proxy. As the meeting is virtual, members wishing to vote at the meeting should appoint the chair of the meeting as their proxy. Voting will be held on a poll to allow the views of all members to be considered. Online voting will not be available during the meeting. For proxy appointments to be valid, members must appoint the chair of the meeting as their proxy. To find links to the proxy appointment form, head to the latest bulletin. And the latest opportunity to send this in is 10.30am on Thursday 6th of July, being 48 working hours before the time of the AGM. In another request from the ISBA, if your school has recently or will become co-ed, we'd like to hear from you. We're putting together guidance for member schools on the process of changing from a single sex to co-ed school, and would welcome your story. If you'd like to share the pros and the pitfalls of your experiences, please email office at theisba.org.uk. Moving on, the BBC has reported that an app designed to identify and manage concussion in schools is due to be trialled and will be backed by the government, so keep an eye out for that. Following on from head health to mental health, the Anna Freud charity has produced a range of resources designed to help staff with their well-being this summer, so if you think that'll be useful, please head to the bulletin and have a look at that and share it with members of your team. The charity Tax Group's recent newsletter covers loan waivers and gift aid, VAT and fundraising events, along with HMRC's charities guidance and volunteer drivers. 
And finally, the mental health webinars sponsored by Ecclesiastical Insurance and delivered by Mental Health in Business are coming up shortly with the first one on understanding self-harm. This will be on the 19th of June and the second one on suicide first aid light on the 27th of June. Please head to the bulletin for more details of those. And we'll quickly whiz through the advice and guidance questions and answers before we get on to my chat with David. Number one, does ISBA have any documentation that could help me with a stage three complaint? Yes. Please see the complaint panel FAQs, stage three decision template, complaints panel hearing process guidance and template complaints form. Question two, a pupil has left without notice, leaving fees unpaid. The parents have now applied to another independent school, which has asked us if our fees have been paid. Please can you advise what we are allowed to inform the other school? If you are using the ISBA model parent contract, there is a clause within this contract that you can rely on, which states, we can notify other educational institutions of your outstanding payments. We may inform any other school or educational establishment to which you propose to send your child of any outstanding fees or supplemental charges. There are also useful FAQs that resulted from the publication last autumn of the updated parent contract and guidance on pursuing parents for unpaid fees, a debt collection protocol checklist and template collection letters. And number three, we'll be appointing a new chair of governors and need to complete the DfE DBS suitability checks. Do you know where I can find a copy of the forms that I need to complete? The DfE's updated guidance on the required process for proprietors and chairs of governors is in ISBA's guidance document 2889. That is 2889 and includes a DBS application form for completion. Do note Verifile will contact the applicant once DfE has been able to process the application. Also, the following documents in the ISI commentary may help pages 96, 97 and 103, and Appendix 2 on page 188. And finally, the ISBA top tip of the week is that there is a new important piece of guidance in ISBA's reference library which discusses the changes in law which will result from the Renters Reform Bill and the impact on tenancies in general and the increased protection for tenants. And this of course will include schools who rent out their properties including to staff where no requirement to be on site for the purposes of the job exists. So please do have a look at that if that is you. So with all of that done and dusted, let's hear from David Woodgate, ISBA CEO, whom I caught up with after his presentation to the Solent region at the regional meeting. I asked him to share with us some of the most important and pertinent topics that bursars should be thinking about at the moment, whether that be long-term or short-term. In fact, they're mostly short-term, as you'll quickly find out. In fact, a lot of the issues are are quite short-term, not least of which is the political one. It was suggested yesterday that the Prime Minister may go to the country as soon as this autumn. It's a view, and I think that throws into sharp relief what is happening with Labour Party policy. And I think we have got to work on the basis of three assumptions – Firstly, Labour is more likely than not to form the next government whenever the election is. Uh, They're still on course, according to commentators, for a 120-seat majority. 
The second assumption is that they are serious about implementing VAT on school fees at 20%. And the third assumption is they will do that very quickly. They won't hang around and they will cut through any legislative barriers that uh, arise. So when you overlay that then with the various other threats and the operating environment of the sector, the message I think to boards of governors in particular is we need to do something. We need to plan for the worst, hope for the best, hope David Woodgate is wrong, um, but work on the assumptions that the, the worst case scenario is very likely to be the one that we will be facing sometime in the next 18 months. Okay, sure. And another topic that constantly comes up with with, sort of, with bursars is that of dealing with governors and the importance of good governance. And do, do you have any advice or, I mean, guidance, I suppose, for bursars in getting the best out of their governors? What I would recommend at the moment is use ISBA or AGBIS to do a presentation to your governors about the threats that are coming down the road. Because I think post-COVID, I do still see short-termism and complacency and a sense that oh well this is all stuff that's going to happen in the future but no it is a clear and present danger and I think getting your governors to realise to mobilise if you like and to do something about the threats that are coming um, will make bursars and heads jobs much easier and the offer is there we're happy I've just done a presentation over an hour and a half at the Solent Regional Meeting. That can be tailored to individual schools. Call on us. No charge, part of your membership. Fantastic. Well, are there any other key things you want to make clear or let our bursars know before we say goodbye? I would emphasise the importance of local engagement with politicians and opinion formers in your locality. We're doing a lot of work at the national level through the ISC and uh, other avenues, but it's really important you engage with your local MP, explain the contribution your school makes, use the economic impact reporting tool on, in the ISBO reference library, but also talk to candidates from other parties who might unseat a sitting MP to get across to them the importance of your role as an employer, uh, as a contributor to the local economy. And within that, there's a lot of push at the moment with partnerships and yes. it's sort of really promoting and celebrating the partnerships between independent and state and all the good that independent schools yeah. do, One especially locally. Yeah. Demonstrate though how much money you put into the local economy. The taxes you do pay, national insurance, PAYE, irrecoverable VAT, uh, the contribution you make to employment in your area. You know, there are schools which are the major employment in quite big towns. And a lot of the politicians don't understand this sort of thing. So getting that across on the ground locally is critical. And contrary to recent Guardian uh, publishings, it is all right for schools to be in touch. Thank you, Leo, to clarify that. Absolutely. There is no reason whatsoever, and Farrers have confirmed this in a legal opinion, why you cannot talk to your local MP about the detrimental effects that Labour's policies on uh, VAT in particular will have. That's entirely legitimate. Well, with that, we'll call it a day. Thank you so much for coming on, and we'll have you on soon, I'm sure. Thank you, Leo. Thank you again to David for giving us that snapshot of some of the topical points of discussion and thought. Lots and lots to dive into there. 
Now, before we finish up, I'm going to share with you a little excerpt from a recent webinar from Dorothy McLaren from the Schools Enterprise Association that is on how to optimise the return on your school's assets, the enterprise journey. This is a full-length webinar that is available in the ISBA Reference Library. I'm just going to share with you a few minutes to give you a bit of an idea of perhaps what might be gained by listening to the webinar. So here we are. So I encourage you to understand your assets as whole school audits across all asset groups or classes, however you want to describe it. Look at the value that that asset has to your school and the potential return on that asset. Many of you will have dabbled in this and it may have been a little bit ad hoc and not thought of in an overall cohesive strategy. I urge you to go and step back and look at it from a cohesive point of view. It may and should involve partnerships and opportunity in the wider sense of that word. So it's not just an intra-school look, inter-school. It looks beyond that into the broader community. And you need to manage this dual use and school-first use of your facilities in order to really achieve optimal return on those assets. There's just a a brief sort of excerpt from that. And she goes in to discuss topics like what do we mean by enterprise in schools? why now, why enterprise initiatives are right for schools of all shapes and sizes, how to understand the potential impact of commercial activities, and the opportunity that's presented by a well-conceived strategic co-commercial programme. And that will round off this episode. Of course, tomorrow, please do check back in for the BursaCast supplement special. This week, we'll be joined by Nigel Alwyn Foster from Re-Energize. In tomorrow's episode, we'll be debunking a number of the myths surrounding sustainability and net zero, along with some great guidance as to where to get started, what you should be thinking about, and some overarching strategies for achieving this in the best way possible. For those of you that know Nigel, he doesn't really beat about the bush, so please do check back in for some straight talking around sustainability. As always, if you'd like to suggest some topics of discussion or simply just get in touch, please email podcast at theisba.org.uk. I will hopefully catch up with you all tomorrow. And in the meantime, farewell. <laughs>